Daniel? Okay. Good afternoon, everybody. So today we, we're going to be dealing with two major topics. Um, the major topic of today is actually going to be dealing with how to um, how to contain or, or make a minion when people are in different locations, um, what constitutes a, an, a, a physical place that unites people to make a minion. Obviously, this is very uh, pertinent to the coronavirus pandemic and what people have been uh, living through in the last two years. Um, hopefully for many of us, this is all just theoretical, but it's still, even in today, I've done in a minion uh, today, half of the minion were, well, we had a minion inside and there are many people standing outside uh, and they are separated by windows. Is that okay? Is that not okay? Meaning, how does this work? And let's assume there weren't 10 people in the building that we were there uh, and you have five people outside and there's a glass separation in between. Is that okay? Does this constitute a legitimate minion or not? So unfortunately, these questions are still halakhalamaise. But before we get to that, I want to, want to complete, yes, uh, last week's share. And that is when dealing with who constitutes a minion. So we discussed uh, last week, uh, what about being Mitzarev, a katan, a mana. Now I want to deal with a very, very, unfortunately, a pertinent issue. And that is, can we Mitzarev, a, uh, a Jew who is um, not what we'll call religious? So this, the basic halacha comes from the Beit Yosef in Archaim, tells us, katuv b'sefer amanik, v'adam shuv avaryan, a person who is a sinner. So a person who is a sinner, but the Beitin have not excommunicated him. For whatever reason, um, the Beitin decided not to excommunicate him. He can still form a minion. He's still high of in mitzvot, etc. Then the Beit Yosef says, If he's been excommunicated, then we do not include him in a minion. Because if we do include him, then what was the purpose of Chachamim's Takana, uh, right? And this is the opinion of Rashi. Today, uh, over the last few hundred years, we generally do not people put people in excommunication. That is the general mandate of Batei Din, not to necessarily put people in, in excommunication. The only time where sometimes this principle is still used is regarding Masaravei get. People that are not interested in giving their wives a get, sometimes the Beitin will put an official kind of nidui upon that person and he shouldn't be able to join a minion. So that's pretty much what we see from the Beit Yosef. But now, that is all regarding a person who's a sinner and the Beitin have put him in excommunication. Uh, but the question is, uh, let's look at the Shulchan Aruch, how he formulates this thing. So a person who sinned but wasn't put into excommunication can still be part of the minion. But a menudeh cannot be put, uh, uh, cannot be joined the, uh, cannot join the minion. Now the Mishnah Bura points out, he says like this, 
כתב הפרימגדים, הפרימגדים רץ דווקא עבירה שעבר לתיאבון, this is an עבירה that a person has a desire to, he cannot overcome his desire to trade for whatever it is, אבל החכיס, but if he does it intentionally to, to say, you know, you know, I am against Judaism and religion, אפילו בדבר אחד, even regarding one topic, one mitzvah, one עבירה, או שהוא מומר לעבודת גילולים, או he serves idolatry, או לחלל שרבת בפרהסיה, או he desecrates שבת in public, דינו כעקום, ואינו מצטרף. The din is basically that such a person we view as like a non-Jew, and therefore he cannot be part of the minion. Now, let's just focus on that last category, because the, the rest of the categories, most, most Jews are not, you know, not Christians or not uh, uh, thing. But there are many Jews that are not from Rei Shabbat. Not from Rei Shabbat. Lamais, that means that they, nullify, they, they, they desecrate Shabbat in a very public manner. So does this mean that all of these Jews um, cannot be part of the Minyan? So according to the strict law of the Gemara, it's Pashut. A Jew that was Mechalel Shabbos is basically, we consider him like a Goy regarding many halachot in Kashrut and also over here regarding the halachot of Tefillah. But I want to share with you a Shut Melamed Le'oil. Melamed Le'oil, Rav David Tzvi Hoffman was one of the big poskim in the 19th century, the late 1800s, where he was already dealing with this huge uh, um, movement, the Enlightenment movement and the reform movement that was gaining. And if I'm not mistaken, he was a rab, a, a, yeah, he is a rab in, he was a rab in Germany. He was a Poisek uh, in Germany and he was dealing with these issues. And he writes a very, very critical shuva that is quoted by many poskim afterwards. And in his response to Malamed Lahoyal, he says like this, במניין שלנו יש אחד או שניים שמחללים שבת בפרהסיה. The question was, people that are מחלל שבת in a public way, כי גם עושים מוגמר ואפילו קידוש והבדלה אינם עושים. איש שרו לצרפם למיניה. They don't keep שבת, they don't do הבדלה, they don't do קידוש. What do I do with these people? Can they join the מיניה? Explains the תשובה, the שוט מלמד לאויר. ראיתי בשוט רשבן שהביא בשם שוט דורש לציון, that this din of the Gemara is דווקא מומר להכיס, it's when a person is doing it להכיס. Now להכיס means not because he has a desire to do it, but he has an intellectual, um, he has decided to go and against God. וביימינו explains the Shut Malamin Lahoyal, and this is a very important uh, principle, which was not necessarily accepted by all the poskim. He says, Ein osin lahachis. Jews that today, or we are called irreligious, in Israel you call them the Chilonim, are not doing it lahachis, as against God. And uh, so he says, basically, because of, sorry, because of this, that they're not doing it lahachis, maybe the din is different. And he says as follows. He says, I want to quote Moreno Harav Chaim Tzvi Manhammer B'Shem Hashem Avi Game 
הביא גם כן שו"ת מריה סעד, שמחללי שבתות בזמננו, כל זמן שלא העידו עליהם בפניהם והבטן שחללו בפני, בפני עשרה מישראל אין עושרין יין במגעם. So here this was a big chidush of the Ma'ari Asad. We saw this in the, in the volume four, volume five, when we were dealing with Ya'in uh, Nesech. He paskins that in order for a person to be a mechalel shat b'farhesya, you have to bring him in front of Beitin. So how many people have been brought in front of Beitin? Um, so he said, Sh'yesh abe achronim sovrim. Da'had mumar l'chalel shabbat, ha'vim mumar l'chol ha'torah, hu'rak mitrabanan. Because this din is only midrabanan, uh, see over there in Shut Yehuda Ya'ale. So that's also a very important thing. He says, number one, perhaps it's not how today people that are Machal al Shabbos are not doing it lahachis. Maybe it's only if they do it lahachis. Number two, they were not brought in front of a baitin. And he says, furthermore, Hayotse mi kolanal, shalpi din Machal al Shabbat befarhesia, ein mitzaref leminyan. Although the principal halach is that a person who, who desecrates Shabbat cannot join a minyan. In our times, he's talking about Germany 150 years ago, the, the minag was to be lenient. After Eretz, Ungaria. Definitely in Hungary, but even in, and definitely in, in Germany. Once a person became an Avel and he has his shops open on Shabbat, and he's one of the regular Balabatim of our community. And he actually became a Chazan. But the Gabai somehow made shalom and told him, listen, it's not a day for you to be the Chazan going forward. Um, not the political party, right? They allowed him to basically join and uh, they allowed him to be the Chazan. Why didn't they prevent him from being the Chazan? He says, This is the Minagovia. If their shop is open on Shabbat, that is not, that does not prevent them from, uh, from being able to be the Chazan. And since the rabbis of that shul were great poskim and they didn't make a hafgana, they obviously had a reason for it. He's now quoting a third reason, and this is the reason of the Binyan Sion. The Binyan Sion, Rav, Rav Etlinger, was also a German Posek, uh, the famous uh, Rav Etlinger Posek, uh, uh, and, and uh, who wrote also a commentary on the uh, on, on, on Megillah. Uh, what's the commentary of the Rav Etlinger on Megillah uh, called? Um, forgot his commentary. One of the one of the Achroinim, 
on on Masechet Megillah and Tanit on a few other Masechets in Shas. So he uh, he was a big posse. And he basically said that the Chilonim of his generation, going back 150 years ago, at the beginning of reform, he considered them like a Tinok Sheni Shiba, a kid that was kidnapped when he was a young child. And if he grows up, then that is, even though he's Mechalel Shabbat, and even though he hears about Shabbat afterwards, it's not his fault. That was a ruling based on the Rambam. The Rambam said this regarding the Karaites. The Rambam says the original Karaites are considered like Goyim, but the children of those Karaites are considered like a Tinochrenishba. That principle of the Rambam, Rav Etlinger translated to the Reformed Jews of his day. So based on this, many, many poskim are lenient uh, regarding, some, uh, regarding this uh, category. It's really not such a clear cut. You'll have some poskim that are prepared to rely on the svara of Tinok Shenishba. Some prepared on, uh, less are prepared to rely on the assumption of the Shut Yehuda Yaleh, that they have to, they're only considered desecrating Shabbat if they've been brought in front of Beit. Let's see what Rav Moshe Feinstein uh, rules. So he says like this, Nishalti mi Rav Rav Avram Yosef Rosenberg, im yesh bishat adchak letzaraf mechalalel Shabbatot la'asara. Now, again, Rav Moshe Feinstein is dealing in our generation or 20, 30 years uh, uh, ago. So it's more close to home. And he says like this. He says, for our minag, that we recite the brachot of Kriyat and Kedusha, even for one individual, he says, you can, uh, you can, they can join. Since we learn at all the dinim of dying al kiddush Hashem from the one pasuk, and the same idea of kiddush is learned from that same pasuk. Even if the Jews in front of you are 10 Jews that are kofrim, one still has to be moser nefesh, one still has to give up one's life. And therefore, he says as follows, so you see that a mumar is not exactly like a nochri, although the Gemara called it mumar kenochri, he's like a goy. He's not exactly like a goy. So to regarding joining them for a minion to recite dvarim shebektusha mitzdarfe. Aval lasovrin debay lechol apachot rov minyan. But according to the opinion that says you need a majority of a minyan, perhaps you can count them as if they're not obligated. And then he brings the opinion of primagadim not to join them. So the bottom line is there are Moshe Feinstein was Michael Bishatrak. Many Chubot. Uh, have been written, some are more lenient, some are less lenient, some make differences. Does a person be Makabel or Machut Shamayim in principle, etc.? Uh, and here the Piskei Chuvot says as follows. 
אבל אין הדברים אמורים אלא באותם אשר יש בקרבם אמונה בסיסית בבורא עולם. וכאן הבנים מן הקדוש ברוך הוא. ומתייחסים בכבוד לדת. And they give certain kavod to, 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 to religion. Umalin b'neihem, and they give their children a brit milah. V'noagin b'kitim v'kidushim. V'eshem yediya b'sisit b'mashmut tfilah v'kadish. So that is a limitation of piskei tshuvot. Not everyone accepted the limitation of piskei tshuvot. So we really have a full array of, um, of this din. And obviously different communities, different rabbonim uh, have, have dealt with this issue. Uh, on a very, very different, um, in different ways, depending on the makeup of their community and understanding why people uh, and the challenges that they are going through. Okay, so we'll leave that topic uh, for now. There was just a, a, a very broad uh, overview of that topic. It is a huge topic in Allah and there's many, many responses that have been written about it, but we'll leave it for that in a moment. Let's move on to today's year. And that is the topic of how does one form a minion in uh, different locations? What is the defining factor to form a minion? So let me just get to the page, sorry. Let's begin. And there are going to be three main sugyot in Shas that the Rishonim uh, deal with when dealing with this topic. And the first is the sugya in Psachim Pehei. And the Gemara in the Mishnah in Psachim Pehei is talking about Korban Pesach, Eva Sheyatza Miksato, Chotech HaChamagiyah Le'etzev, Vakolef HaChamagiyah Le'perk Vachotech. The Mishnah tells us that we know that there were certain areas of Yerushalayim that the Korban Pesach could be eaten. Outside of those areas, one was not allowed to eat the Korban Pesach. The Mishnah is talking about what happens if one of the limbs of the Korban Pesach went out of the area of, the, of Jerusalem. What do you have to do? You have to cut it off so that you are not allowed to, um, because it's now considered a, a, a Korban that is being taken out of the designated area. But then the Mishnah writes as follows. He says the door frame, anything that's on the outside of the door frame is considered outside, on the inside is considered inside. So again, the Mishnah over here is talking specifically regarding Korban Pesach. But here comes the Chidush of the Amoraim. Amar Rav Yudah Amar Rav. Rav Yudah says in the name of Rav, V'chein L'tfilah. Just as we saw, that if the limb of the animal of the carbon was outside the door frame, it was considered out of the proximity. So too regarding tefillah, if a person is outside of the door frame, he is not part of, well, it's not so clear what he's not part of, right? The Gemara just says, meaning that according to Rav, the laws of the Korban Pesach also apply to Tefillah. We'll see that it's going to be a machloket rashi and Tosfot, what this line means. So in the meantime, we'll try and leave it without explaining it too in detail. However, Pligat Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. This argues with Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Dama Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi holds, Afilu mechitza shel barzel, enam afseket ben Yisrael laviyem shebashamayim. That even if there is literally a metal ceiling, cannot separate between us and our Father in heaven. What is the topic of discussion between Rab and Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi in the Gemara over here? The Gemara just says 
that the same law of the door separating regarding the Korban Pesach also applies regarding Tefillah. And here we have a machloket between Rashi and the Ba'alea Tosfot. Rashi understands that the concept, that the discussion that we are talking about is that certain amount of the minion, let's call it eight people of the minion are in the room and two people, even one people is outside the room. So can you join the people in the room and out the room? This is the machloket between Rav and Rabbi Yishra ben Levi. According to Rav, just like you cannot, it's considered outside of the proximity for the Korban Pesach, so too the person standing outside of the room is not part of the minion. Simple. That is the shita of Rashi. Um, and Rabbi Yishra ben Levi argues, even if you are not in the same room, it would still be okay. And then the question is, well, how do we paskin when you have a machloka between Rab and Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi? If we're going to paskin like Rab, so the Gemara of here seems to be pretty clear that if we paskin like Rab, and according to Rashi's explanation, if people are, are in different rooms, they cannot join together to form a minyan. The Tosfot understands the Gemara different. Tosfot understands the Gemara as that, no, 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 we weren't talking about that you had part of the minion in one room and part of the minion in another room. The Gemara was talking about that all the minion was in the room and you have the 11th person outside and the 11th person hears Kaddish or Kedusha and he wants to answer. Is he permitted to answer or not? And this is the machloket between Rav and Rabbi Yishrab and Levi. And Tosvot says, we pass like Rabbi Yishrab and Levi, that the person, the 11th person, not making up the minion, standing outside, basically cannot, uh, can, can answer, can answer Kedusha and uh, etc. How do we pass Kanalachalamaisa? Let's skip to the uh, Shulchan Aruch. Uh, before I bring the Shulchan Aruch, let me just quote two more Gemaras that I don't see are quoted in this, um, in the Tzurba. But they quoted at the, for those of you who have the, the, the volumes, um, at the end of this year, there's an excellent essay by Rav Dan Cohen, uh, one of our Talmidim, who, who, who writes this further in depth and brings really the different schools of thought in the Rishonim. Um, and he quotes two other Gemaras. The one is the Gemara in Eruvin. The Gemara in Eruvin over there describes two kind of courtyards, one bigger room and one, one open courtyard in, opening into another a bigger courtyard. And can the people be Mitzarev to a minion? And there the Gemara explicitly talks about, you've got the Shaliyah Tzibur in the smaller courtyard and nine people in the bigger courtyard, can they join to form a minion or not? So although our Gemara wasn't so clear whether it was talking about nine and one, we saw it was machloka between Rashi and Tosfot. The Gemara in Eruvin there talks about it explicitly. That's one Gemara. And the third Gemara is the Gemara in Brachot regarding Zimur. Uh, that is going to be brought. Um, there the Gemara seems to, uh, the, the, the Gemara in Brachot says that if two groups are able to see each other, even though they're in separate rooms, they can join to form a Zimun. And the question is, that's very nice regarding Zimun. Can we extrapolate from the laws of Zimun to the laws of Tefillah? Okay, so those are the three sugyas. Um, I, I just mentioned them outside because they're not brought down 
in the um, in the actual sources. However, obviously, when we look at the Shulchan Aruch, he is incorporating all three of those sugyot. So we're going to have to try and piece together how these three sugyot um, actually align together. So let's begin. The Shulchan Aruch in Arachaim Nunhei. Siman Yudalet. See if Yudalet says, Misha Omed Achorei Beit Haknesset Uveinahem Chalon and there is a, um, sorry, sorry, I skipped. Uh, let's start with Yud Gimel. The, Yud, the, the Seif in Yud Gimel says as follows. We need all 10 people in one area. And the community, the, the, the leader, the Chazan has to be with them. And he said, and if one of them is standing outside of the door frame, then he is not considered part of the minion. The Shulchan Aruch seems to be paskening. Number one, he explains the Gemara the same way Rashi explained the Gemara. And number two, he paskened like Rav, that if you're not in the same room, you cannot join the minion. Seems to be pretty dry, cut, and closed sugya from Se'if Yud Gimel. The problem comes in, what about Se'if Yud Dalet? Let's see. Someone is standing behind the shul. And there's a window. Even if the window is a few stories high. Even if it is not four cubits wide. And he shows them his face. Over here. Here says the Shulchan Aruch, if, they can, if he can see them, then that's good enough. Now, what happened to the Seif beforehand? Seif beforehand says that they all have to be in the same room. Now, the next Seif, Shulchan Aruch says, but if he can see them, that's good enough. The easiest way to understand this is that the previous Seif was talking about where he couldn't be seen. And if he couldn't be seen, and now the next Seif said, even if you're not in the same room, but you can see each other, that's good enough. Um, let's read the next uh, Shulchan Aruch. Now this Shulchan Aruch, notice, is in Siman Kuf Tzadikai, in the Halachot of Zimun. Says the Shulchan Aruch, You've got two groups of people that are eating in, in two different rooms, or even two different houses. If some people see the other, if they can see each other, great. If they can't see each other, it's a problem. We saw that this was based on a Gemara in Brachot. And we seem to be saying that the Shulchan Aruch copied that halacha also to the laws of Yilchot That's what we saw. But look at the Mishnah Burra. And by the way, where did the, Mish where did the Shulchan Aruch get that from? The fact that the Gemara in Brachot talked about Hilchot Simon, where did the Shulchan Aruch say that that would also apply to Hilchot Tfilah? And this is based on a response of the Rashba. The Rashba seems to equate the two, but the Rashba does not say it in an unequivocal way. The Rashba says it in as a, as a possibility. And because of that, many Poskim, as we'll see, are not so convinced that the Shulchan Aruch's copy-paste between the sugyot of Hilchot Simon and Hilchot Tfilah is necessarily correct. Let's read the Mishnah Bura. Mishnah writes as follows. Going back to Hilchot 
הלכות תפילה, עם סימן נ"ה, דאפת יש הפסק מחיצה ביניהם. Even though there is a separation of a mechitza between them. Kevan demarei lahem panav. Since they can see each other's face. Domei lama shemavuar lekman besiman kuf tzadikei. This is very similar to the laws which are brought down in Hilchot Simon in kuf tzadikei. That what? The imiksatano in eilu et eilu de mitztarfim. That if these people can see those people, they can join together. ואם כן, אם סאו, לפי זה פשוט העומדים בעזרת נשים ובמחיצה מפסקת, יש חלון, if some people standing in the עזרת נשים, and there is a separation between the two, ומראה להם פניו, משם מצטרפים הם לעשרה, right, so he, if he shows them his face, he can join, וכל שכן, אם יש בלעדו עשרה, נחשב תפילה בציבור, and definitely, even if there's ten people in the shul without him, then it's less of a problem. Because that's how Tosvot understood the Gemara in Psachim, that there was a minion together. The question was whether the person number 11 can answer, right? So he says, well, if that's the case, you've got 10 people in the room, then, then it's a lot better. And then he says like this, Nevertheless, Yoter Tov in Benekel Lo Lered Lebet HaKneset If he can join in the main area together with the rest of the people that's where you should go why because many of the poskim did not agree with this comparison between the laws of Hilchot Simun and the laws of Hilchot Zimun. who was who do we find who makes such a distinction the Ramban one of the great Rishonim, Paskins, that the laws of Zimun is a law in, is a law in a meal. And a meal by definition is a social activity. And in order to define us as combining in some type of communal social activity, seeing is good enough. As long as you can see each other, that's good enough. But then the Ramban says, but regarding forming a minyan, that is dependent on the Shekhinah. And in order for the Shekhinah to be there, different parameters are needed. And therefore the Ramban did not accept the comparison between Zimun and Tfilah, even though we saw the Rashba, who was a Talmud of the Ramban, did. So it seems to be a machloket between the Ramban and the Rashba. And the Mishnah Brewer is telling us that although the Shulchan Aruch seems to paskin that one can compare these two sugyot, many Rishonim and Achronim that thought otherwise. And therefore, if one can, one should not rely on it. That is the psak of the, of the, Shulchan, of the Mishnah Brewer. Um, now, just to confuse things further, look at the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch says, if some of them are inside the shul and some of them are outside the shul, they don't join together. Now, how does that fit with what we saw previously in the, in the Shulchan Aruch? So look at the Mishnah Brewer quoting the Prima Gadim. Have a Prima Gadim. 
All of these sefim that say that, you know, if you're in different localities, you can't join. Are referring to where you can't see each other because the Shulchan Aruch has already clarified that his opinion is that if you can see each other, that's good enough to form together to make a minion. So then you read the next seif, seif yud chet, and yud zayin, and you don't know what's going on. Explains the prima gadim. No, that's talking about where you can't see each other. In a place where you cannot see each other, it doesn't work. But if you can see each other, it does work. That is one way of understanding the, uh, the Shulchan Aruch. That if you take all of the theme of the Shulchan Aruch, you have to say that... Um, you have to say that it's not uh, it's not going to work. Okay, so now says the. Um, um, by the way, um, if you if you read the article at the end of this uh, at the end of this shear, you'll see that there are many other there are many other understandings of the acronym of how to resolve the shulchan aruch. Um, so I, I suggest it's worthwhile reading, going through it. It's a very very complicated sugya. Um, and it's worthwhile seeing other opinions. But that's just how the Mishaburah puts everything together. The Shulchan Aruch has Paskin. That Me'ikar Adin, we rely on sight. The Mishaburah says, it's not Lechatchila, and if one can, one shouldn't rely on sight as well. Um, okay. Now, let's just, uh, the Machzikei, Machzik Bracha, the Chida, describes a very simple, a very uh, similar scenario that we've been living through in the past uh, two years. And that was in his time period in a city in Italy, in uh, Lazaretto, which was some type of bidud station where they put people that had to go uh, uh, into, into quarantine for all types of pandemics and epidemics. Um, so they had these quarantine homes, and there were six Jews in the one, and there were four Jews in the other. Can they join to make a minion? And he says as follows, his answer is, Since they're not allowed to join together, and there's a God there standing saying they can't join. And they and they weren't allowed to go outside because whatever it is, it was very narrow, and that's where people were thorough away. Since it was law that they couldn't join together, and they're showing their faces. That says the Chida, this is the classic case of the Shulchan Aruch where the person uh, wanted to um, uh, show his face, and therefore it was mitzdarev. So based on this, he paskened that, would, uh, that it was permitted. Many of the poskim uh, rely on this chida regarding the pandemic, right? Um, now, there could be one problem. 
even if you say that we're going to rely on the Shulchan Aruch, rely on this heter of seeing is good enough to join people together, what happens if there are roads in between or some type of thoroughways in between? And here says the Shulchan Aruch in Arachayim, Kuf Tzadikei, again in Hilchot Zimun. That if a public domain separates between the two houses, then the two groups cannot join together to say a zimun. Says the Mishnah Bura. And Katahataz, the Tazrat, doesn't have to be a proper Rashut Arabim. Even if there is a walkway, a pathway where people walk through, but it seems to be it has to be a permanent pathway, you know, some type of, uh, um, let's call it a, uh, a tiled pathway or some type of paved pathway, according to the tides, that would be problematic. So even if we want to rely on the Shulchan Aruch, and say, you know, Sat is good enough um, based on the bit of the Rashba, etc. According to this new limitation, if there's going to be some type of street in between the two groups, it's going to be very, very problematic. And this is really what the Minchat Yitzchak Paskins, the Minchat Yitzchak Paskins, people that are dominating in a park, shouldn't be on the two sides of a, uh, of a, uh, some type of um, thoroughfare, right? They should all stand on one side, not on two sides. Um, and, and based on this, this opinion of the Taz, because the Taz says it doesn't have to be a Rashut Rabim, any Taraway. Now, um, let's go to the Poskim dealing Dafka with COVID. Here, Ravosha Vice. Can, can I ask a question? Sure. Um, in, in our Beit Knesset, you enter, there's a lobby, right? And then you enter the uh, Beit Knesset where you dive in. Yes. And so, because of, I guess, related to COVID, there are some people that stand in the lobby and don't enter the Beit Knesset. Yeah. Now the doors are open, but do the people then have to be in the, let's say the doorway so that they can see in and be seen or anywhere in the lobby, would that be okay? That there is a potential of being, maybe being seen. I think they have to stand in a place where they can show their faces. Right. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. You know, they can't be around the corner. You know, they've got to be in, they can be in the lobby, but they, they need to be in a place where a person turns around from the shul. You can see them. Correct. Okay. Uh, while, while we're asking questions, can I ask one? What about a person's intention? Does it make any difference? Oh, so, so definitely one of the arguments, one of the, as we saw, the Shulchan Aruch didn't seem to be so clear, right? There seemed to be contradictions in the um, in the actual Shulchan Aruch, um, and part of the the the, the, the difficulty understanding Shulchan Aruch is he's really dealing with three separate sugyas, and the Rishonim are trying to put together three separate sugyas. Now, one of the resolutions of the um, of the Shulchan Aruch, as opposed to the Prima Gadim and the Mishnah that we saw is it really does depend on, on people's intention. Meaning, meaning if people, and, and, and let, me say, let me say further, it's not just people's intention to be part of a minion, it's how people perceive the area, how people perceive the area. 
For example, the Rashba was was given a was was asked a question. You, you sometimes, if any of you have gone to Tzfat, the the old bima in some of the shuls was really a rashut to itself. It had, it, 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 you know, you you go up like a like a stairwell almost to get to the bima, and that's where the chazan stands. And and it really is arba amot al arba amot, and it's got. Uh, it's, it's really a reshut unto itself. So, so the question is, hold on a second. And the, the Rashba was asked this question: Is can the shaliach tzibur be part of the minyan if he's standing in that uh, on that bima? Because it's really a separate reshut. Now, now there, the Rashba basically quoted two functionalities. He says the bima is battle to the shul, meaning. The, the, the bima is a function of the greater room. So it's not just that technically there was, there might be a separation between the two, but really they were considered one room. If you were asking a person how many rooms there are when he went into the Beit Knesset, he would say one, even though technically you have a reshut within a reshut. So that's the one thing that the Rashba pointed out. The second thing that the, that the Rashba pointed out was that everyone could see each other. Now, the Knesset Agdola wants to, again, this isn't, this isn't the opinion of the Mishra Buran, this is not the opinion of, of, of general mainstream posture, but he basically wanted to argue that it's really dependent on perception. Perception, not, not necessarily intention, but it's more how people perceive it. Meaning, do you perceive yourself and the room that you're standing in as part of one area or not? Um, and it's a bit of a gray area and it's not so clear and perhaps, uh, but there is that reason. So, so Dr. Zuckerberg brought, to, to answer your question, does intention and perception play a role in this sugya? According to some acronym, yes. It is not how the Mishnah Brura seemed to explain the sugya. And my understanding of most of the poskim that were dealing with this topic did not focus on it, did not focus on it. Meaning they didn't go in this kibun, even though there definitely one could argue that there is this element in the poskim, even maybe in the Rishonim. So, and, and if you want to look into it further, I suggest you read the, the, the article at the end of this, uh, end of this trivia, but I will say it's not the standard way the poskim deal with the sugya. The standard way the poskim deal with the sugya is you need to have sight. Um, and if you, if you don't have sight, you, you, you're in trouble. If you do have sight, yesh makom lakel. Meaning if, if people can see each other, yesh makom lakel, on condition that there's no thoroughfare in between. If there's a thoroughfare in between, then we have to deal with the second question. And that is, here Ravosha Weiss was basically saying that he thinks that a stairwell, which was some type of separation, he didn't think it was the end of the world. And he wanted to be more makel, and he thought that if it's, a, uh, if it's, if it's that kind of um, thoroughway, yesh makom to be makel. But it's not so clear. I think he would say that outside a thorough, you know, a paved little Strip might be a problem. Uh, the Belfila yeah. uh, goes down some stairs, like in you know the famous show in, in Prague. 
by the, the Chazan is, is below the level of the shul. Is, you know, I mean, have you seen the, the, where, 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 he, where he dabbles from in many shuls? There is a, there's a recess at the bottom of the, of the shul, the frontier of the cottage, where the Chazan actually goes down a few stairs and dabbles from uh, a level below the, the main minion. Yeah, but there, I mean, I was in Prague, but I can't remember exactly. But there, because the, the Gemara says that a person should happen in a lonely place, you know, because that's where he's answered. That's the, the however, there, I don't think it has halachic parameters of a separate reshut. Meaning, is a tent fachin? Tent fachin is, is almost a meter. So he might go down two steps. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But I would imagine that most shuls, even if the chazan goes down, he's not ten fachim below. If he is ten fachim below, then that's the shaila of the rashba. And the rashba was Michael, right? And that the shulchan Aruch was also Michael. Um, um, but, but I, I, okay, so, so the, the question really is, the question would only arise if it's that deep. I'm not sure if it's that deep in most of, in most of these uh, in most of oceans. Okay. Now, Rav, Rav, Rav Sternbuch uh, also had a problem with these thoroughfares. He has an interesting chidush. Um, he says like this. Um, uh, he says, let, let's read it, the last two paragraphs. Umiu, nire. The Kaiman Sha'arashba Gufe. Remember, we see this whole din of Sat, which is really a din in Hilchot Zimun. And the question is whether we can copy it and paste it to the Hilchot of Tfilah is based on a Rashba. Okay? So says the Rav Moshe Sternbuch, Umil Nire, the Kaiman Sha'arashba Gufe, even the Rashba himself, Lokatapken Elabederich Efshar, he didn't say it as a absolute that the laws of Zimon also applies to the laws of Tfilah. He, he, he mentioned that as a B'derech Efshar. And we have found Rishonim that argue with Rashba. He says that if it doesn't work, the Shaliyah uh, Tzibor should add that his Chazarat Hashatz is really a Tfilat Nedava, al And then he says, furthermore, if there is a thorough way between, between the houses, so he says, I'll be lenient if people are standing higher than 10 tzvachim. We know, we know that it's higher, right? Higher than 10 tzvachim. So, so basically the Rashut Harabim doesn't, doesn't go higher than 10 tzvachim. So that's the argument of his, uh, his svara. Okay. Um, Rav Yosef Tzvirimon, this is the last uh, shita that we're going to deal with on this topic. Rav Rimon, this, oh, sorry, then we'll deal with Rav Shechda. Rav Rimon says, Ten people can see each other. You can dive in as usual. Everything. Even if there is a road between the two groups. 
Says Rav Rimon, listen, everyone is in the public domain. Even though there's a road going through it, they're in the same domain, and that is the public domain. And therefore, this road separating them is not a separation. And definitely, if, bro, if they're um, um, cars that are not driving through, let's say on Shabbat, yes, that is the most lenient opinion that I've seen, that of Rav Rimon, that basically takes out the, the problem of the tithes of the Shrashuta Rabbim Ba'emtsa, and he basically is lenient. The most extreme opinion that I found is the opinion of Rav Herschel Shechter. Rav Herschel Shechter says as follows. Each one's in his own little balcony and they're all looking to each other. And they can see each other. I'll pee the Mishnah Brura, based on the Mishnah Brura, that if one is needed, one can rely on this principle of sight. And this, his opinion, is brought from the Shari Tshuva, as we saw, the story of the Chida says, what, people are going to not say Kaddish and Kedusha for 40 days? Cannot be. Now says Rav Herschel Shech, He says, very difficult to accept such a leniency. All of this is based on the Mishnah in Brachot, regarding the laws of Zimun. And the Rashba only had a doubt whether one can compare the laws of Zimun to Tefillah. He says, from the language of the sugyot in the Gemara, it seems to be that they all need to be in one room. Says Rav that the laws of Zimun, even Zimun Ba'asara, where you say Shem Hashem, does not turn it into a Davar Shebikdusha. There seems to be a distinction between being able to say Shem Hashem, where you need 10 people, and saying Davar Shebikdusha, where you need a minya. And they're two separate things, and therefore says Rav Herschel Shechta, that basically he is against all of these separate minyanim. I want to just add one last thing uh, before we move on to the next uh, topic. And that is as follows. One of the svarot to say that you can join Barsat, one of the ways to understand the, the, the Shulchan Aruch is that the Shulchan Aruch was told that there was a window. Meaning there was no way to get in. It was a window. And because you couldn't get in, but you show that you wanted to be part of the minion, that's good enough. But the Shulchan Aruch in the other seat, which said that, you know, they in this room and they in that room, they don't join. And there was a doorway in between. The argument is, well, if you want to join, just step into the room. 
The reason why Sart was, was called good enough was because there wasn't a possibility of getting into the room. So there's no possibility of getting into the room. Your intention and your desire to be part of the minion might be good enough. But if there's a possibility, you, all you have to do is walk into the room and you don't, perhaps that's why the, the Shulchan Aruch was saying, no, they might be different. Now, I'm just putting it out there. Um, and again, you can read, you can read the, the, the article at the end, but there could be a scenario where one could argue that people, let's take the, the, the case, um, Dr. Levine, that you mentioned regarding the, the lobby in the shul and the, and, the, uh, and the shul, right? So one could argue, well, hold on a second, they can see each other. They can see each other. Shulchan Aruch, Mishnah Burr said, you're good to go. But another interpretation of the Shulchan Aruch says no, because they could very well just join together. Now you could argue, hold on a second, the people that are in the lobby feel they can't join together. So, so maybe that's good enough, meaning, meaning the fact that they feel they can't join is perhaps good enough. Um, but that, that, that it becomes a bit you, tricky. I mean, for example, it's possible that people in the lobby don't have a top your rock. Right, right. So let's say the people in the tab who don't have a tabi are rock and therefore they can't. So maybe that fits into the category of I want to come in, but I can't. Okay. In which case it would be very similar to the to to, to the window, right? However, let's say you have a person who I don't know, on Monday and Tuesday he davens in the lobby, and on Wednesday and Thursday he davens in the shul, meaning there's a bit of an inconsistency. It's not a tabiarok. He's got a tabiarok, right? But I don't know for, for, for whatever reason. Here, perhaps there's more reason to say that this vara that we just mentioned, that it could be that the Shulchan Aruch's distinction in the Seifim is based on his ability to come in and his lot. So maybe here there's room to, to say, hold on a second, not so, not so clear anymore. Anyway, I'm just I'm just pointing these things out. I don't have a clear answer. And as I said, most of the poskim did not go in this direction, meaning they didn't focus on the perception and the intention and all of the topics. They focused on more clear-cut physical boundaries. You can see each other, you can't see each other. Um, you know, you're under one roof, you're not under one roof. If that's the case, is good enough. Um, is that does that not does that mean that perhaps one, one one shouldn't take into account everything else that I've mentioned? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, when I daven in a minion, I daven in a minion every morning, and 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 sometimes um, sometimes we don't have a minion yet. You know, when when, when the first Kaddish uh, at Hodu, when they say Kaddish, and, and some of the people are standing outside. And, and there's seven of us inside the building. Um, I'm not I'm not 100 um, percent certain that it's good because um one what was the shata track that the mission bureau was talking about and does it apply in this case and does it apply in our scenario? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, really, I'm quite confused about the issue. Um, but one can definitely say, listen. Ani, the Mishabura says, if you can see each other, you're good to go, and that's what we're going to rely on. 
and that you know that definitely is uh, is 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 definitely uh, who's bigger than the Mishnah Bura, Elan Gadol, um, that we can be uh, that we can uh, hang ourselves on. Um, however, as we saw, Rav Shechter wasn't happy with such a din. There are other poskim that are not happy, and especially if there's an ability to join and people decide not to join, especially if there's an inconsistency about it, it becomes a bit more gray area. Okay, next week, Bezrat Hashem, we'll continue with Hilchot Tfila. Thank you to everyone for, for joining. Okay. Thank you for it your time. Like, it seems like the internet is better in this room, right? Much better. Okay, Bezrat Hashem. Bezrat Hashem. I'll try to do it here every week. Thanks very much. Okay, Kaltov. Kaltov. Bye.